So here's the question. When the rules we've been operating by have burnt us out and the hamster wheel is keeping us awake at night and stuck, how do we, as expert entrepreneurs who want to make significant impact but just can't take on one more thing, grow our businesses and teams, double our revenue while working less? That's the question. This is the Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host, and this show explores the answers. Stay tuned and enjoy some brave conversations. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Business Habitat. I'm Sam Dean, your host. Today, I've got a super important episode. I'm interviewing Jay Fields, a somatic coach and LinkedIn educator all the way from California. And today we discuss the mind-body connection and how being true to yourself and actually aligning your body is fundamental to living a more fulfilling life. The type of work around leveraging your nervous system and body has been super important to me in my journey. I have done a lot of somatic work over the last six or seven years and just this ability to actually regulate your nervous system has really given me a a super powerful tool that I envelop into my everyday and it's certainly one of the tools that I bring out to keep me aligned as a leader going forward. So please have a listen. It's super fun. Jay's amazing to interview. Enjoy the podcast and as always, be brave and continue the conversation. Well, I'm going to say good morning, everybody, and um, my guest is also in Los Angeles. So it's the first day of summer for me, and for Jay Fields, it's the last day of autumn, which um, makes it kind of unique. I love talking to Americans because we're always in the future. Um, Unfortunately, I can't tease Jay too much about going into winter because she lives in LA and they don't really have it too. So today... I've got Jay Fields on now. Jay is a somatic coach and educator, and we will delve in a little later as to what that actually means for all of you who don't know what that means. And she helps people leverage their nervous system and body to shift their thinking and have better relationships with themselves and others. Now, the reason why I think this is an amazingly important topic is, first of all, I have done a lot of somatic um, body work and sort of really get internal, particularly in my own self and the conversations that I have within myself and getting to know me better. Jay's specialty is actually too then with relationships with others as well. But I know for sure that the most important element in any business habitat as we created is you and your energy. To have any kind of business, um, habitat, family habitat, or anything thrive, you really need to be truly living as our true selves in our business at home and in our other pursuits. And that's extremely difficult to do in the world that we live in where there's so much should stuff. And I know this for sure because I experienced it myself. And until I really started working through this and still work through this because this this is a lifetime play, it's not something that's once done. I really didn't, my business really didn't start blooming and the things that I do. So I'm super excited about having Jay here today to really explore that. So welcome Jay Fields all the way from LA and um, enjoying the last day of autumn. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and and your business and how you come to be talking to us today? Sure. Uh, First, 
thank you for having me. I'm already loving this. It's so fun to be here with you. And I do also love speaking to someone on the other side of the planet. I am actually not in LA though. I am, I, I feel like I need to say this because I'm country mouse. I'm not city mouse. I live in a little town called Ojai that's outside of LA. And so we're definitely in, in the mountains and it's quiet here and things are closed by eight o'clock and that oh. suits me just fine. <laughs> so, well, there's another thing we've got in common because, uh, yeah, I live about um about 120k out of Brisbane, our main city, as well on on acreage. We're not quite in the mountains, but um, exactly, we're very yeah. quiet. In fact, today is not so quiet because we're having a massive rain event. I love that. We could use that. But um, so now that I have that straight, that I'm I'm not city mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So how did I how did I get into this? Is that the yeah? And and just tell us a bit about um somatic coaching and what that actually means. Yeah. So, um, somatic coaching, soma comes from the word, the Greek word body. So it means it includes the body and, um, it, in my mind, it also means it includes all of the parts of us. It includes mind, body, heart, spirit, consciousness, nervous system. So when, when working with a person, I'm working with the whole person. And, you know, interestingly, I came to this work because I started as a yoga teacher back when I was 19 years old and in college, I was really interested in yoga and I was really interested in rock climbing. I've always been very much in my body. And I, I was realizing at that age, 1920, that when I was doing pursuits that kept me very focused and very present, because to me, rock climbing is just vertical yoga. Um, I was a better version of myself. And I got really, I got so interested in it that I started, I changed my major and I studied um, the mind-body connection. I developed my own major. It was called Psychosocial Health and Human Movement. And it was about how we can use the connection to our bodies as a preventative measure for psychological health in our cultures. So that's where it all started when I was 19 it seems like I actually had some idea of what I was going to do with my life at that point, because I then went into leading backpacking trips, rock climbing trips, yoga. My twenties was very much kind of out in the world, in the body. And then in my late twenties, I got more into the therapy, a trauma informed approach to working with people, um, did more coaching. I wrote a book for yoga teachers that was about how to basically show up as a human being and an expert at the same time. And that book is what turned into my coaching because, you know, at that point I'd never had a corporate job. I'd never had a job job. I'd been a yoga teacher and like a backpacking instructor, but what I knew was presence and how presence in your body shifts how you show up for yourself and other people. Hmm. And when I wrote that book for yoga teachers, yoga teachers started reaching out to me and saying, will you coach me? And I was like, ah, I guess so. (laughs) And then they started telling their friends who weren't yoga teachers and saying, you know, Jay really helps people be experts and human beings. You know, this whole idea that like 10 years ago kind of wasn't even really out there yet, which was you're still a person even when you go to work. Yeah. You're still you, you still have your family, you still have, and now in pandemic world, that's, that's just, everybody gets it. But 10 years ago, people weren't really talking about like, when you're a role, when you're stepping into your role as an expert, that you still have feelings, 
you still have relationships, you still have anxiety and depression and all the things. So anyway, that's kind of how I got here. And, and, um, that coaching yoga teachers became coaching people in all different industries. Um, and then really focusing in on coaching people, you know, just people. I think that's so important. And that's some of the work that we do without kind of putting the somatic stuff in. I also, you know, when I was leading a big accounting firm, I used to say things like that. It's just like, you know, turn up and leave your shit at home. And that is so untrue. It is just <laughs> false. Um, good, luck and that, with that. good luck with that. And you, and you burn out. And then I always used to get in lots of trouble and, you know, really, I would say bullied about because I'm a very emotional being and we all are. And then that was kind of used against me. And I tried to turn up and not be that. And then, of course, you know, your body tells um, a different story than what comes out of your mouth. And I used to coach girls about don't cry at work. You can cry in my office and stuff. And it's just, it's just rot. We are all one Mm. person and it doesn't matter where you are. You need to do that. And then of course we turn up at our homes and the toxicity comes out of the people who we love and the most important people in our, in our lives. So yeah, you're right. It was 10 years ago and it was certainly 10 years ago that I started it's, it's seven years since I came out of that and started exploring some of the stuff that we're talking about. I didn't understand it. And if someone had come to me and said any of those sentences you just said, I would have said, <laughs> you're full of it. But it's so true. It has changed my life and I am healthier and happier and living closer to my truest self now than ever before. And you turn up and you can turn up every day and you can maintain more energy. You still get tired, of course, but it's a whole different playing field. And I think that's where everyone's breaking down. I think, you know, one of the things that we work with is that, you know, in our first instance, when working with business people, particularly experts, and you're t- I just love the synergy between the human being and the expert that you worked with, with yoga teachers. This is the thing is that everyone's telling us as experts, because I work with all styles of experts, highly qualified people who we're humans. And the thing is our clients are too. And they want us to, the connection piece going forward is the heart piece. And as experts, we need to still stay in our expertise, but we need to turn up as human beings and no one has taught us how to do that. And you still need to run businesses and keep teams together and everywhere, but you need to understand that this is, this is an internal play and we need to spend a great deal of time working on that because the more time I've spent, the more time I put into my internal work, the more my business and my team thrives. And that is counterintuitive to the hours for dollars mindset that experts have been talked about. And it is a hard, hard work. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Tell us how you help people sort of work through that. And is that a block that you have when you start, when people come to you? Uh, Good question. No, Mm -hmm. that's not my client. My client has spent time on themselves. My, the people who come to me are people who have done lots of therapy Mm -hmm. and have done lots of personal growth and are still doing the same old shit. Oh yeah, that's me. And like, <laughs> that was me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like they know a lot, um, but when the rubber hits the road, they're not doing what they know, and that's where the nervous system piece comes in, because we can't shift cognitively into a totally new blueprint. We need the body and the nervous system to come along with us in order to ch- to actually change behavior. And so the people who come to me get. I mean, they might have 
you know, a hang up about like, this is selfish that I'm spending time on myself in this way, but, but they do it and they've been doing it. Um, and so, yeah, the, the first place I start when someone shows up to work with me is we look at what are your stress responses? What does your nervous system do when you are f- activated, triggered? Um, do you, do you go, do you go upregulated, you know, and get different activated or do you go downregulated and kind of go into that more withdrawn shut down sort of place and do you do both and when do you do this one and when do you do that one and we start getting a real map of what is your nervous system doing through all these different scenarios in your work and your in your personal life because once we know what it's doing and once we know what your particular um resources are to bring yourself back to regulation then we can start learning new concepts and new skills. But without having your nervous system on board, the concepts and the skills aren't going to be, they're either not going to sink in or they're not going to be accessible when you need them. Yeah. Look, I found, I mean, I'm just talking of course about myself here, but I found that like I did the talk therapies and I certainly did a lot of research. Um, I really wanted to solve this problem. I didn't know what the, I hadn't defined the problem because I really wasn't sure what the problem was. And that's really a struggle for me because I like to find solution and you can't unless you know what the problem was and they're the old patterns. And so because I had the awareness, then the, the the logic part of myself was going, you shouldn't be doing this, but yes, it it was going. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, that I do both. So I go high, I go low, I go high, I go low. And, um, yeah, it is a rocket ride. And then, you know, people say, well, maybe that's just you and you know, all of this stuff, which is true, but it's not, it is. And until I really got into why that was happening and where it was happening in my body and my nervous system Mm -hmm. and, and how I could work that and still working on it, obviously, but yeah, it was life-changing. And that's so true. So many of my clients, I would say, um, come to me because they, they are the people who, when they feel something difficult, they either want to fix it, they want to figure it out, or they want to say F it, meaning it's not that important. I'm just going to keep going. Yes. And I teach them how to feel it. So that's the fourth F. Oh, and, you yeah. just and that sucks, it. everybody. The feeling bit sucks, but it's very important. <laughs> yep. Yep. Thanks for helping me sell that because it's true. Um, yeah. And, and it's funny because it's that it's the fix it, figure it out thing is the, is part of the pattern. And something I say all the time to people, is like, if you could have gotten to a fulfilling relationship or fulfilling work in life through being smart, you would have already gotten there. Yeah. Cause one thing about my clients is they are smart. Mm, They're smart people mm. who also happen to have very big emotions and they have been trying to divorce themselves from the, the physical emotional piece in order to come through hard on look how smart I am, look how capable I am. And it got them really far, but it hasn't gotten them to fulfillment and happiness. And that's because they're not integrated. And so that's the thing about somatic work that I think is so powerful is it's integrating. It's bringing your all, all of you back to the same place. So you have your energy because what you were saying earlier about how exhausting it is, you know, to, to be doing it the old way. It's because you're, you're managing what, what can be compartmentalized right now? What, what can show up, what can't show up. And that is exhausting. Integration is having all of your energy available. 
Yeah, and it is it is so true. And yeah, I found that, you know, when I was working those 70, 80 hour weeks, I could sustain it through for a certain amount of time. And then eventually it just broke me. And I think that's where we hit our middle age. I think Brene Brown says it very well, spiritual awakening, but really it's just a big nervous breakdown. (laughs) Just everything falling apart. And I hadn't really, actually, I just had this thought, nervous breakdown is just your nervous system going enough, (laughs) like stop. Yeah. And when I came out of that, I did the the talk therapy and I was working that, but my patterns weren't getting any better. Then I thought, well, I'll work less hours and I'll spend more time on myself and stuff like that. And now I, because I balanced out, I will work probably sometimes bigger, not bigger hours because I just love, I'm so true in what I do now, but I've integrated a whole lot of me and and what my passion is because one mm. of the things that you were talking about there was with your rock climbing and everything I ride dressage horses so you have to be so focused and in your body on that moment and what I found over time and what I've been working on recently with them is that I was getting back out of my body in my riding so things weren't going as well as I would and I think when I was really my highest, um, when I was in sort of that, that situation in that big firm, I was riding a lot. And I think that was the time that I could actually come back into myself now that I think about it. And that's probably what got me through as long as it did, but I'd never thought about that before because as that sport, you have to be in the moment in certainly with the horse. But now that I'm coming back, I've come back into my body, things are going better there too. And my trainer also now, I've got a new one who works this as well. She says, you just cannot, you have to be here. Your thoughts and everything can't be anywhere else. As soon as you do that, your horse loses it. And I've been working really hard on that. And it was, it's, it's uncanny how, when you were talking about the rock climbing, I went, oh, it's the same thing, because if you're not there, you're going to fall off the cliff. (laughs) Well, yeah. And for me in my thirties, it turned into motorcycles. Yeah. I'm a huge motorcycle fanatic and it's the Mm. same thing as riding a horse. You get on the back of a motorcycle and if you aren't there, bad things happen. Yeah. So I I was I was always a fan of having some kind of pursuit in my life that requ- I mean this is going to sound kind of crazy but required presence like life or death. Yeah. Because I because there was some deeper part of me that was like, "Hey lady, get get this. Figure this shit out because this is important." And like if you need to learn it by putting your life on the line, then learn it that way because like i really i really struggled in my 20s with uh with the work that i was in with the relationships i was in i did not know how to be present and and real with other people and there was something about having these practices where i got to just like really feel this is what it's like to be behind my own eyes This is what it's like to feel what's happening in my body in the present moment and respond to that. Like that training was so necessary for me to be able to then be different in my work and my relationships. Oh, I think too. And I think, you know, I talk to my, um, my clients all the time who have different expertise and it's that, that makes everybody go to a category of one. It's your experience has now bought into I mean, other people do somatic work, but it's your lived experience with the theory behind it Mm -hmm. that now makes your offering unique um, and able to then come into sort of 
the business world or, or wherever it is um, that you're, you're there. And I had never actually placed my writing into that. And I'm thinking, mm. ah, that's why I can now sit present and be quite efficient in conversations and everything because I show up and I'm there for the moment. Right. Um, whereas back back when I was, you know, leading bigger teams and, and uh, with more clients I, and even with my family, I wasn't present mm. like I am now. Um, and it too is fulfilling. Yeah. You know, now it's, it's, it's a presence thing. And I think yeah, I'm going to say, you know, I'm an efficiency expert. Like I like to do things as efficiently as you can and get your best return on investment. And unfortunately this work has probably given me that the biggest efficiency piece because, and I say, unfortunately, because it's hard work, <laughs> <laughs> but if you have to get to a, from A to B quickly, I'll find a way to do it. And, um, this is the way, and everyone talks to me about being in meetings. They all go overtime and they do this and that ever. It's because we, people aren't present in them. So they go round and round and round. No one's listening and everyone's not communicating, which is that, would you help with that, with your relationship stuff? Yeah, yeah, because I would say the other thing is people are um, dancing around yes. what just needs to be said because we haven't been taught how to communicate in a way that is truly relational. We feel like if there is disharmony of any sort, then something's wrong or bad or unhealthy. And we haven't gotten a lot of modeling around how to be a stand for yourself and be connected to someone else how to, you know, truly collaborate in a way that is not, doesn't have to be pussyfooting. Yes. Because I think a lot, I think there's a lot of pussyfooting. Oh, there's a lot of pussyfooting. That's exhausting. But it also doesn't have to be, you know, because the other, the other end of that spectrum is just bulldozing and, and, and that's not, that's not relational. So there's, there's something in between that, again, we just, haven't gotten a lot of modeling for around how to have a truly relational setup, whether it's with your spouse or with your team or with your kids, like that there's, that there's never just one subjective reality that we're all being put through. It's like, how do you, if you're in a room of five people, there's five realities and how do you actually navigate that respectfully um, and get shit done? Yeah. And, and that's the key because, you know, I have, um, particularly when I start working people, you know, I have the occasional person say, wow, that was harsh or, or, or to the point. And I'm saying, no, we just, it's not, I'm being kind. And it's also kindness is about actually getting shit done and actually not pussyfooting around, as you said, or bulldozing over. And I think that this is a skill set that we need going forward because, our clients' lives and everybody, no matter what your expertise is, depends on it, and so do ours. And I think that this is the time to start really thinking. And I think there's a lot of stuff going out there that is um, hitting people up to say, you know, we're, we're shifting from the brain industries and economies of experts into the relationship heartfelt ones, but and this is one of the key skills that needs to be learnt and it's probably one of the toughest ones and bringing that sort of, feminine energy approach to it as well of the relationship stuff when we've been in the masculine, the masculine pushing, you know, and bulldozing, both, both important. We just need to balance it out. And this whole concept that feminine is soft, this is not soft stuff, people. This is hard, hard work. It's just that 
you know, we need modeling and we need people like yourselves to actually teach us how to do it and start actually with the person in. So it's super interesting stuff. Another thing that intrigues me about it is because it is perceived as a as a softer expertise, if you like, and again, I do not like that word, but for lack of better definition, and these are sort of the business models that we look at coming forward. How can we get your style of expertises out? So you've got a kind of an interesting one because Jay is one of the LinkedIn instructors and has courses on this work on LinkedIn. So I think that gives you a lot of, lot of exposure. Can you talk to, to us about your business and how you're scaling that so more people can have access to this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, in the last five years or so doing a lot of working in organizations mm-hmm. and in in North America mostly, uh, but I was flying and driving around and doing all this work in in situ with people, right? I did a lot with hospitals. I did a lot with schools. You know, people who are in direct care, direct care professionals understand that these quote unquote soft skills are actually very important to their work. So, but I worked in tech and I did all these different things. And to be honest, I, I wanted to find a way to do that. That didn't require me traveling all over the place. And, um, and I got this opportunity to do these courses for LinkedIn Learning, and it was fabulous. It yeah. was they're wonderful to work with. They the LinkedIn Learning team just has such a great vision for what's important in the world, and created these courses so that now the basics of everything that I used to go into organizations and teach are in these courses, and mm-hmm. they're about managing your emotions at work, um, and about regulating your nervous system to manage stress. And both of them have a body. Um, a somatic approach. And so that has helped me to scale the audience that gets to work with the basics because really what really excites me is working one-on-one with someone in a much deeper way. So I now can kind of step back from what felt fun and exciting, but also a little bit like busy work um, to, to doing the more deeper, um, more engaged, more personal work of, you know, now that you know how to manage your emotions more or regulate your nervous system, where do you want to apply that? Yeah. Where are you getting stuck? Is it at work? Is it in your home? Is it both? Um, so that's, I'm, I'm scaling in that way that the LinkedIn learning courses are out there. And then I have a group coaching program mm-hmm. and a one-on-one coaching program. This episode is brought to you by The Aligned Leader, a six-week program built to combat the leadership fatigue syndrome, so you can grow your business without the overwhelm. Yeah, and I think that that's that's what we work when we work. We get the the leaders aligned, and then it's like, well, how do we how do we get them the whole business not dependent on them? So that's the scale. And I think with all experts, particularly ones with lived experience, you know, such as ourselves, have that. And it's the basic. So we're, we're also working very hard on that. There's a whole lot of basic skills that everybody knows. And if we can have them there, then you can do that. Because I truly believe that expert businesses going into the future will have need to have both. Because the experts still, you're, you're exactly the same as me. We yeah. flourish 
on the one-on-ones ourselves. And we love that. But if we spend all our time on the basics, that can be taught over and over and over again. And then it's the people who then want to take that. And then the people who have the basics at least have gone that little bit further than right. that other world. And I think it's also, it's super hard work to do. I'm sure you agree, is to put those, to split the skills and the basic teachable skills to the magic element of it and to split them out when you've been doing it one-on-one or one-on-many for so many years. Is that the challenges that you had in that build? Yes. Um, Yes and no. Mm -hmm. I, because I come from a background as an educator, I've always taught to a room full of people or a, or a outdoor circle full of people, you know, like I, I was used to splitting my time between one-on-one and, and, and teaching. I love building curriculum. I love putting together ideas, um, and in a way that is sequential and people can go through a process. So it was both familiar and difficult. And the part that was difficult was that, uh, I was used to having groups, you know, for three hours at the very least, but up to three days. And I had to chunk it in such a way that was under an hour. And it was like, whoa, how do you do that? Because I had such produce, such great producers and editors with LinkedIn learning. Um, and I wasn't doing it alone. It works. And it's so fun to see that. And it it now translates back into me be being more efficient on the one-on-one, uh, the one-on-one path as well. So that's been really, it was a fun learning process for me to do that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's it. Because I mean, I, my challenge was I was never a teacher, so I never had that education base. And then when I started thinking about that, the learning was steep and still is steep. Yeah. And, but this is what we've got to go through is if you want to build businesses that can impact lots of people. And I feel that particularly the finance areas and the the numbers people, we have to get our number, we have to get this education out there as well because so many people don't know it. And it is as important as marketing or the work that you're talking about and everything. They're all on the same level. And, you know, it we is. can't have the finance people have this extra skill, but we haven't had that kind of background. We've been told we have to go, the rules say we have to go one-on-one. Oh, that's crap. It, we can go one-to-many, but then there's this whole education element that needs to be done by experts, people who have deep experience as opposed to people who might not have that experience but see it as a market as a money-making thing. So I think that that's the challenge we're up for, you know, as experts is to split that. And it was interesting, yes, it, we have to learn different skills and learn from, you know, what we've been discussing today and how you did it. And, you know, you took your teaching skills and you, you shifted that, whereas we need to, we've got other skills and then how we actually look at these new models and, and take them forward and into the future. Right, right. And the most important thing too is actually understand your true self so you actually understand what you want to educate people in because I tell you what, you cannot build online courses, you cannot do the content stuff that I'm doing if you truly aren't on your focus. There's been a voice in the back of my head as we've been talking that's thinking like, well, it, she's going to ask me at one point like, what have you been doing for 20 years? If you've been doing this for 20 years and you just now have these courses out, that's just my, those are my little itty bitty shitty committee voices in there. But <laughs> that, that for me, you know, I'm 41 and I started doing this work in college. Yeah. 
And I feel like I am just now in the last couple of years getting to a place where I can tell you what I do. Oh yeah. Know, you know what I mean? And like, I know who I work with and I know what I love about it. And I know what I'm good at it. And I know where I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not your person. And it's taken me so damn long to get there. And, um, and I feel like it's going to keep changing. I know that, but I feel like I've gotten to a place where it's solid enough for me to stand on with confidence. And I think, can everyone please listen to what Jay just said? So Jay, you might be 20, I'm 30 years, so <laughs> 51, <laughs> nearly 51. Um, and this is the thing. It's the people with the deep experience. So when we build this and when we go one-on-one, We've got the depth and the foundation that's solid. And I think that that's the important thing. There's a whole lot of people doing this stuff. And I know that even in your field who come on and they do these light courses, but they don't have the depth and the foundation experience. We are who we are because of our experience. And that's the important bit. So I always think I used to, I mean, I used to have the, I love it, shitty committees. Still got them. What the fuck have you been doing, woman? You know, why is this only happening now at 50? And I'm going, because of everything. That's right. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but I'll put it in the links. I listened to a TED talk about a woman who's 70 and she's amazing. And I'll find the TED talk link. And she's she's a dangerous woman. That was the the thing of her. Mm. And think she says, yeah, the older you get, the more right you have to do this stuff. And it's true. And it is the differenting experiences, I think, that's important as we build um, and go online. And it is the, um, you know, for the next generation. And also in our space, there's a whole lot of people that need to be reskilled. And this is the thing. A lot of the online stuff and all of that fast, furious metrics, social media, whatever, is aimed at there, that's fine. But there's a a massive amount of 40 to 55, 60-year-olds who need reskilling because they've got so much, we've got, we've got so much to give the world and yeah. we need to reskill from the brain to the heart and this is how you do it. And you need to do it with people who have done it. You don't, you have to do it with people who have lived experience and don't do it with anyone else. And that's, that speaks to, I was just talking with my web designer this morning, we were rebuilding something on my website and she was talking about my ideal clients. And I said, you know, my clients are mostly in their forties and their fifties, some in their early sixties. I have a couple outliers in their outliers in their mid to late sixties and a couple outliers in their mid to late twenties. But for the most part, my clients are in their late thirties to late fifties. Cause it's that place where you realize I need, I need different skills than I've got. <laughs> like, <laughs> the skills that I have got me pretty far, but this is a mismatch. My insides don't match my outsides and I've gotten as far as I can get on the blueprint I've gotten. Yeah. And the cool thing is, I know you keep saying the somatic work is hard work and it is, and it is fast. Like, it is fast. Yes. In, it's you know, I can't tell you how many people come to me and say, I've been in therapy for 15 years. And in five weeks we did like it, it moved me faster in five weeks and in 15 years. And I said, it's only doing that because you had those 15 years. Exactly. And this was the piece that was missing all along. And this isn't because I'm some magician. It's because including the body and the nervous system and having a model of, cause I'm teaching people how to relate, right? So yeah. part of 
what I do is in our sessions, it's about how you and I are together and, you know, how I show up with you and how you get feedback about, oh, when I do this, Jay does that. Ah, you know, so it, it's, it's, it works fast, but it's not easy. Yes. And it, can I tell people it does work yeah. fast? It is, it is amazing. But also it, as you said, it, it goes off your lived, it, you, yeah. I was going to ask you, can you do it without, I don't think you can do it without the talk therapy and the, and the move through and, and stuff like that. I think you do need to have a certain amount of awareness. I think you, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. And I think it's far more effective with awareness. Meaning if I were a different person, I would do it with people who are total newbies. Yeah. But I find that it's not where I'm, my passion is. My passion isn't helping. Like if you understand self-awareness, you understand shadow work, you understand a little bit of attachment theory. Like if you understand some, some stuff, yeah, we can go a lot farther and a lot faster. And I'm not the person, even though I could, I'm not the person who wants to sit there and teach you all the other stuff. Yeah. So I think it can work without that, but you're working on different stuff. Yeah, true. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, as I said, I don't, um, being an accountant and the debit debit and credit thing, which is just saying, I I I just agree that that's the debit and credit, and, and that's why people actually struggle with it because there's no thing. It's just like they've got to add up. If something works, yeah. I just embrace it. I don't kind of question it, but I do know that you do need you know awareness to it, and this stuff really does work, and you've got to sit in it. And I also, when I say hard, I mean that. It, it is hard, but I, I also know that it's the hard stuff that gets you there. Yeah. Anything that's too easy, it's that fraction, that, that tension, isn't it? That, and I've learned that that's, that's based on it, based on trying to avoid everything really. And then realizing wait. those rules don't work. <laughs> You've got to go in. Wait, wait, to- that work? <laughs> I was hoping that worked. Like avoiding emotions and, you know, only trying to concentrate on the in inverted commas, good emotions. Um, people, one thing I have discovered, right. there's no good or bad emotions. They're all, they're all very important and you have to um, work through them all. Um, and, you know, I have the joy of feeling them all in one day. I can go from yeah. joy <laughs> to happiness to utter despair to um, fear, you know, all the way through. So it, it is, it's such good fun. Yes. And it's, it's enjoy. It's not, I don't think it's enjoying it, isn't it? it? But there's something about the the ride that actually makes it so worthwhile. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I've had this conversation a hundred times with people where let's say we're, we're talking about something that has been deeply painful for them and, and they're crying. Um, and, and I'll say, how does like, at some point when they pause, I'll say, how does that feel? And they'll say, you know, actually it feels really peaceful. Yeah. And, and I'd say, yeah, that's, that's what happens when you're just in the feeling Mm. as opposed to thinking about the feeling or resisting the feeling. Like it might not be pleasant, but there's some truth to it. Yeah. And when you're in truth, there is a quality of calm that makes it okay. Even if it's painful. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. That's hitting, that's hitting it right on the hammer for me, um, right on the nail. Sorry, and yeah, it's that calm. It's like, isn't it? So that sitting, it's it's 
you just can't get it any other way than really working through the emotion. And believe you me, I tried. Um, yeah. You know, I was an alcoholic and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. None of those, as you said, the rules just break and you have to find the new ones. Um, thank you for mentioning that about all the ways that you tried to avoid it because that's very common. And and an interesting thing about my one-on-one clients is three quarters of them are sober. Oh, yeah. They have come to me because, and one of my clients said it so beautifully the other day. She said, I realized that alcohol um, took away the subtleties that I've been training myself to have. And so people come to me because they have many people, three quarters of people come to me because they have given up the thing that has been how they've quote unquote managed and they know they don't want to go back to that, but they don't have a different skill set. They come to me for the skill set. And then the other quarter who don't come to me sober, about half of them through the course of our work usually decide they either want to change their relationship with alcohol or they want to stop it altogether. And that's not anything that I advertise. It just happens to be an interesting fact that that is one of the greatest ways our culture numbs Yes. And tries to manage anxiety and all of the relational stuff that happens. And when you take that away, you actually need skills. <laughs> yes. I, I, yes. I can absolutely. Turns out that that's exactly right. <laughs> and, it, you know, for me, when I eventually gave it up cold turkey and just switched it off, I had done about 18 months work, um, which was my initial work. Mm-hmm. And with an amazing person, you know, on this sort of stuff, she was um, a little bit talk, a lot of, a lot of body stuff. Uh, and I, I kind of didn't realize that at the time or, and now that I know a lot more about it and it what she said to me all the time is we're not going to, we're not going to deal with the alcohol until we deal with the other stuff because you need to do that. And, you know, sitting with yourself and, 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 you know, doing all that sort of stuff. And then, then, as you said, when you give it up and then replacing it with healthy skills that really help and, yeah. It is a cultural thing that we have to deal with and it's not unlike other numbing things like drugs and cigarettes, which are all called bad. With alcohol, the alcoholics are blamed or the people are blamed, even if you're not, if you don't identify as that. But right. it's it's a numbing thing, you know, chocolate or work or anything, you know, to put that in, it doesn't even have to be alcohol. And this is the thing, and I can understand why definitely people who've moved to the next thing are going, well, what do I do now? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting um, coincidence that I discovered over the a couple of years of going, oh, funny, this is, this is a pattern that I didn't, I didn't look for, you know, I wasn't advertising that. Hmm. Well, there's something that I didn't think we'd get to in this conversation. I love these conversations that I'm having because we explore things and, and, um, you know, usually get to a a very interesting conclusion. So Mm -hmm. let's loop back. What are three things that you would give to particularly expert, very smart people looking to help with their their business um, or relationships just generally? Because business is just about relationships. Three tips. You know what? I knew you were going to ask me this question and I still am not prepared. (laughs) So... (laughs) Let me let me slow down here. Let me think about this. So what are three tips that I would give based on my work? Or even just based on your business? Yeah. One of the biggest tips is understanding 
when you're working at the level of nervous system and body and emotions, one of the greatest skills you can have is self-empathy. And self-empathy is being able to have some warmth, some warmth and some curiosity for how you feel. Um, and there's this wonderful woman named Sarah Payton who talks a lot about her book is called your resonant self. And I got this from her. The tip is the two words, of course, if you can say to yourself, of course, I feel this way. Oh, I love that. Of course. As opposed to why do I feel this way? Or you're a piece of crap that you feel this way. Or if you weren't so fill in the blank, you wouldn't feel this way. Just of course. So that's my first tip because I people say it a thousand times over. Like when once you said that, that changed everything. I say, yeah. of course, to myself all the time. So self-empathy is being a, a really important bridge for this work between emotions and nervous system. Um, second tip, learn what part of you is showing up, which is to say, you know, this work is so much about integration and we all have different parts of ourselves. We have a little wounded child. We have all the strategic selves that have come on board to try and protect that little wounded yeah. child. And this is a huge part of my work that we didn't talk about. But what I would say is, you know, when we're talking about emotions and we're talking about anxiety, usually it is not our present day self that is having those experiences. Yes, that's very true. Until you can untangle which part of you is having the experience, you won't be able to manage it. Third tip. They were two pretty big tips. <laughs> I know. I'm not good at I'm not good at succinct. You will not find me on any social media things where I have to be quippy because it's not my <laughs> um third tip. It actually it says this on my website, so I'll say this. Yeah. The foundation of a fulfilling life is a trustworthy relationship with yourself. So do what you can to build trust with yourself first, everything will follow. And amen to that. We're going to leave on that note because I am lived that preaching. Woo-hoo. Well, thank you so much, Jay, uh, for being with us today. I think that that is one that is going to be listened to a lot. I am going to go back and listen to it a few times myself. And um, I'm thrilled. I loved this conversation. Thank you so much. No problem. And everyone else, continue the conversation, particularly with yourself, and be brave. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. We work super hard on this podcast and are passionate about helping expert entrepreneurs build businesses without overwhelm. To help us, can you please leave a review if you loved it on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform?